0: Welcome, welcome, welcome to Above Replacement Radio. I am your host, Chris Gionta. I might be becoming a bad baseball fan who can't enjoy the romantic things because of advanced statistics. 15 years from now, I want to be on the early baseball committee. Over there on the other side of the screen is
1: Daniel Kern. I literally have the fan graphs ready the baseball reference t-shirt Just repping some stats you know what i'm saying it's not necessarily hall of fame it's not necessarily above average but we can guarantee you we are better than just the standard replacement level college sophomore
0: and welcome to above replacement radio where we're talking baseball kind of whenever i'm your host christian over there on the other side of the screen is daniel curran how you doing daniel
1: chris i'm doing well today uh, we've got some very good luck as you just mentioned before we started with breaking news right before the show or just during the show, you know, like there haven't there have been less instances I feel like this year of yeah, this news broke right after we got off like it's mostly been as we've been recording or right before and we've breaking news that came out just about maybe 10 minutes ago. Uh, Julio Rodriguez is getting a, is getting an extension with the Mariners. It's about seven or eight years. Uh, the numbers aren't even out yet. That's how new this is. And Uh, the funny thing is Jesse Sanchez had it as at least $200 million guaranteed, which is more than I could have thought at this stage of his career, given some of the extensions that we've seen from players at this stage, which is good for him. Uh, but he has up to $450 million in potential earnings. I don't know if that's in club options, player options, vesting options, but that is a wide range, but let's, let's talk about, uh, let's talk about Julio first, because Mariners are really banking on this. I mean. You know, they've had some very good luck with Julio this year uh, panning out pretty immediately. You know, that follows up some tough luck that they had with Jared Kelnick, And they've they figured out who their guy is and they're logging him up.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, it's a very good sign for what the Mariners have in store. I mean, I think, um, you know, over the past few years, like after 2018, when they uh, when they traded Diaz, Cano, uh, I think Gene Segura, uh, Nelson Cruz was let, yeah, go. let go. I think there, I think they're, yeah, he was, you know, let, let off to free agency. I think there was kind of a narrative of like, Oh, the Mariners are, they're going very small market. Um, they're not going to be spending money. And now here they are like over the past off season and, and during the season they're showing that, You know now now they're going into uh, you know a competitive stretch where they they plan to be competitive for a very long time right now.
1: Yeah, I mean right now you know I think a lot of the thing on a lot of people's mind when it comes to the Mariners is just ending the playoff drought, getting them there. Uh, Obviously, if you're the Mariners, you have to look beyond that. Like, yes, of course, the the priority is get to the playoffs and, and. take away that drought. You know, of course it's the longest drought in profession, in the four major sports. They haven't made it since 2001, but you know, they got to make it and they're trying to make it to the world series. They're trying to make it consecutively. They're trying to be what the Astros have been for the last half decade and signing a guy like Julio, locking him up early uh, for what could end up being a team friendly deal is very vital to that process.
0: Yeah. And uh, if you're unfamiliar with the talent of uh, Julio Rodriguez, I mean, he's he's just he just has it all Um, outs above average wise on defense. He's in the 91st percentile in all baseball. He has a 97 percent sprint speed, 97th percentile sprint speed, which has resulted in him having 23 stolen bases this year, uh, even after missing some time. Uh, along with that an, a barrel rate in the 92nd percentile and you know ops at 799 um i forget where that uh, where that puts his ops plus but i imagine it's somewhere in the 120s which or no 130
1: since uh, since the start of may his weighted runs created plus is 147
0: yeah so he's been 47% above average uh, just at the bat and then you you add on that to you add that on to uh, his amazing defense and amazing base running. And I mean, uh, at the age of 21, like that is someone that you want to have for a long time. And the Mariners are putting their stamp on him saying, we will have you for a long time.
1: Yeah. If you if you want more ideas of just how good Julio is since the start of May, he ranks 23rd among all position players in uh, F4 at 3.4. And he had an IL stint. Yeah. And you know, and like for the Mariners sake, it's not like an IL stand that they have to really worry about lingering because he got hit by a pitch. You know, that's just something that happens. It's not like a a built-in sort of injury that you have to wonder if it's going to come back or not, you know, it was just a freak accident. So that's definitely encouraging health wise after the home run derby, it felt like it was just a a ticking clock until he was going to get extended. Uh, And it took about a month plus for that to happen, which is a very short time.
0: Right. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, And yeah, I think, I think a move like this, like kind of, uh, I mean, for a while I was kind of, I kind of had a contrary viewpoint of like the Mariners front office. And I guess, I guess this move doesn't, uh, show what Jerry DePoto is doing because I mean, that's, this isn't in his control, but like, I was thinking, like, you know, Jerry Depoto. people talk about how awesome he is, but he hasn't gotten the Mariners to the playoffs. But Jerry Depoto has built, I think, what he's building with Seattle. I mean, he's building something that's going to be good for the next four, five, six years at least. I mean, you look at who's locked up on that roster right now. Uh, Robbie Ray, George Kirby, Logan Gilbert, obviously Julio Rodriguez for a very long time. Uh, Ty France. I mean, I know he's struggling, but he's he's a good piece to have for a while uh, jP JP Crawford's been emerging. There's a lot of great pieces. yes, there's guys for, like
1: Harry Ford and Emerson Hancock and the miners as well.
0: yes, yes. And then, you know, who knows if they maybe potentially extend Luis Castillo over the offseason as well. Um, there's a lot of uh, a lot of um, good action that the Mariners have done and you know one of their one of their top prospects panned out and they're rewarding him and basically rewarding their fan base by uh extending him for uh what is probably going to be a very long time
1: i have a question so you mentioned everyone the mariners have going forward you know guys like kirby and of course julio and gilbert and ray do we still have any sort of optimism on kelnick um, I mean, sure. I mean, he's what, 23 right now? He's 23. He's had what, like three or four big league stints that just haven't gone well. You know, I, it's still something that can work out. I mean, he was like a top prospect in the game. You know, I'm sure at the very least he can pan out to be a, a league average bat with plus defense and base running. That could get you like a three win season. Um, but I don't know. I don't know where we're at with him as far as if he can be the number one prospect he was projected to be, but he could be a future, a future piece for them as well. You know? Yeah, I mean, for sure. For obviously sure. there's a bad taste in a lot of people's mouths uh, from what we've seen from him in the majors. You know, it's, it's not even been like the, it's not even just been that he hasn't hitting, you know, like he's not making contact. He isn't walking. His defense hasn't even been that outstanding. His base running has been eh. um, and I don't want to give up on him yet. I mean, he is still twenty three, but it definitely the Mariners definitely really lucked out with Julio because the fact that he's you know gone to superstardom in just a few months makes up for the fact that Kelnick just has not panned out anyway whatsoever yet.
0: Yeah, very true. And I mean, like, uh, yeah, I mean, now I, I think with the Whoa. great thing with the Julio Whoa. thing, I'm seeing a face you're making, but yeah. The great thing uh, with- the great thing with the Julio thing is now, like, you don't have to push all your eggs in the Jared Kelnick basket. Mm-hmm. And now all the eggs are in the Rodriguez basket. And if if Kelnick work, works out, it's kind of a bonus.
1: So Jeff Passan just tweeted out the uh, some of the numbers: <laughs> two hundred ten million guaranteed over fourteen years. Wow, four i fourteen years is huge. Let me check on what the average annual value of that would be uh obviously it has potential to grow to more than that. i don't know if you hear the thunder in the background by the way but i'm very much in a thunderstorm that's 15 million dollars per year that's that's pretty remarkable that's a that's average annual value wise that looks like a steal uh for the mariners but also i mean 14 years at age 21 you're probably not getting offered more than that and you know what 210 million is 210 million you know julio is never gonna have to think about contracts really for the rest of his career which is excellent Uh, I'm sure there are opt-outs at some points. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You know, even then,
0: uh, so it was right that it was, uh, that it was between 200 and $450 million. (laughs)
1: Yeah. (laughs) Um,
0: But, but yeah, I mean, people are always people in all these things look at the average annual value of someone getting signed in their first year of control and be like, oh, wow.
1: Only 15 million a year yeah
0: but i mean like it even when you take into consideration control time it does seem it mm-hmm. does still seem like a bit of a steal like uh i mean the next two years he was going to be paid about league minimum uh yeah like under a million dollars so you take that into consideration uh first year arbitration you still get pretty underpaid and then second and third year arbitration it's a little more accurate to what you will be paid in uh at, when you reach free agency and then I mean, what nine years of free agency are bought out in this deal, too?
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, when you have a guy for six years of control, why would you give them free agent level average annual value in a contract extension? Exactly, especially when they're 21 years old, you know?
0: Yeah. So, so yeah, I, I, yeah, it like even considering control time, it is, it is a bit of a steal.
1: <laughs> I feel like all eyes are on Baltimore now, right?
0: I th- that was my next point I was going to make. It has yeah. to be.
1: Like, this is – I mean, you know what? Adley's taking this to uh to Peter Angelos right now, being like, you see this? This is what you're doing. This is what we're doing here. Right, right. Which, you know, exactly. I, I feel like maybe they structure it a little differently for a catcher compared to a center fielder. Um, Like, 14 years is insane. And also, Julio is, like, three years older – or three years younger than Adley. So, Adley's not getting – something like this i could see him getting like between eight and nine years and an extension right now now though
0: yeah i agree i agree um yeah especially like he's what 23 24 he's 24. And he's,
1: catch- he's, he's uh, older than juan soto
0: yeah and he's a <laughs> which is funny uh and he's a catcher um so like catchers age much quicker than a center fielder um
1: yeah they also move positionally you know like you could be seeing Adley at first base come like twenty twenty.
0: So. yeah you could definitely see Adley make a move to first base if the Orioles want more longevity out of him but there's also the um there's also the thing of like a it's, it's much easier to find not that it's easy but it's easier to find a great center fielder than it is to find a great catcher um so I mean I think R- Rushman does bring more value in that, yes. But all all being said, he's not getting a 14 year yeah. deal. We know that.
1: No, I mean yeah, th- there's many factors in that, but I, I want to talk about the uh, the structure of this Julio contract, like not just the 14 years, but the fact that uh, it has potential to go up to 400 million, 450 million, according to Jesse Sanchez of MLB.com, which is very funny uh, because that might be club options, it might be uh player options. I highly doubt it's player options. Uh, yeah. I really want to believe it's just it's just like 50 vesting options that he has.
0: Yeah, me too.
1: Well it's is that realistic? No, not at all. But I just I would love to live in a world where he like there's like besting options through the entire baseball reference page where it's like, you have to get a certain amount of plate appearances. You have to get a certain amount of doubles, triples, home runs, the entire slash line, total bases, uh, defensive runs above average, uh, wins above replacement.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like Just major, uh, there's major like 30, incentives. there's like
1: 30 different scenarios of, uh, of how much he'll end up earning through this contract. Right. <laughs> it's like, it's in the, you combine that also with like player opt outs or, I guess club, club options. Um, I'm sure Julio will have a an opt out in somewhere in this contract. Yeah, I, I hard I, mean, I have I find it hard to believe he's guaranteed to be there for 14 years, whether right. like, you know, unless you know the Mariners want to opt out of it.
0: Yeah, 14 years, especially at this price, it's not like, I mean, Tatis only,
1: like yeah,
0: Tatis got 340 million dollars. Um, mm-hmm. it's much it's more believable that. He wouldn't have an opt out as opposed to especially especially
1: with what has transpired since. Well, yeah. Which whatever. I'm sure nobody could have seen that one coming. But um, yeah, with with 15 milli a year, like there's reason to believe Julio could come to a point in his lifetime where he could be making more. Um, but either way, he just he doesn't have to worry about anything ever. Like he doesn't have to worry about ARB going into off seasons. You have to he doesn't have to worry about a contract year. He doesn't have to worry about extension talks, uh, you know, on, on like strict deadlines. He just he just gets to go out there and play and not think about it. And while earning 200 million guaranteed.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. And uh, which is dope. And the Mariners have committed to their new I mean, the new guy that they're going to probably build the franchise around. Um,
1: yes, which is
0: uh, and this is crazy. the guy that you want
1: to build your franchise around.
0: Yes. Um, a guy it, that's
1: uh, a guy that's top of the line in, in wins above replacement this early in his career, like good at everything. You want that, and all he can do from here is go up, right? Yeah. Like just do it at a higher level. Like, hey, he's slashing, uh, 300, 400, 500. He's not, but let, let's just say that was a slash line. Let's make it, you know, three twenty five, four twenty five, five twenty five, right? Yeah, like, that's right, really that's right. really the only way you can compro- Improve is just do it more and he's only 21 he's still probably adjusting to major league pitching in some way so there's very good reason to believe he's going to
0: yeah and i'm not going to be the 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 person to make way too early comparisons but uh he's already signed up to be in seattle longer than their last superstar center fielder that
1: is very true
0: uh yeah. So shout out to Ken. Well, Griffey I mean, Jr.
1: Ken Griffey Jr. left because he wanted to go back to his hometown, and thankfully, Julio is uh, of foreign descent, and there is not a major league baseball team in uh in the Dominican Republic.
0: Yeah. Well, there's not a baseball team in the Dominican Republic that can offer him two hundred million dollars. Uh, yes, so. that is true. So,
1: yeah. Thankfully for the Mariners, they don't have to worry about that specifically.
0: Yeah. Um. So yeah, uh, yeah, Julio. Um, he's off the market for fourteen years. Um, so sucks for everybody else.
1: Damn right uh, it does.
0: Yeah, um, yeah, a real, real statement move by the Mariners. Like they're not messing around here. Um,
1: I love that everyone's calling it the Braves model. By the way, because there are other like other arrows you can point to. Like look at the White Sox extending uh, Eloy Jimenez and Luis Robert before they even stepped onto the field. Yeah. Which, to be fair, that wasn't like a ton of free agency brought out. That was like maybe a year or two of that. Right, right. But um, yeah, awesome, awesome job by the Mariners. Awesome for Julio. I think everyone wins here. Like, I don't, I don't even really see this as much of a team friendly deal or a player friendly deal. I think this is perfect on every side. Yeah, or, or close to it. Yeah, maybe I perfect agree. is a strong word, but yeah, I think everyone's happy here for sure
0: i agree i agree for sure you know for i don't sure. think anyone's
1: crying for him to fire his, his agent. i don't think anyone's crying overpay i think this is as good as it could have been at this stage
0: yeah yeah and uh the mariners have their most valuable asset for 14 years um yes. so Jesus uh so we...
1: can you not hear this at all
0: no, not not a, not a single thing.
1: Okay, you know, like you know, like when the thunderstorm is like directly above you, and it's like there's very limited like time between the thunder and lightning, and it's just louder. Yeah, I'm like either there right now or getting close to it because it's definitely picking up a lot, and it's raining obviously. Um, that's how you know Seattle's in the news? It's raining.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um. But uh. But we mentioned uh at the top of the show that we we've had very good luck with. Uh, the breaking news. The past couple episodes, I mean, like twenty minutes before we started recording last episode, uh, Art, we it was uh it Artie was, Moreno
1: selling the Angels. A lot of AOS news.
0: It was breaking that Artie Moreno was exploring selling the Angels about five, like ten minutes before we recorded, b- before we started recording today. There's an announcement of a Julio Rodriguez extension. Um, however, a couple episodes ago, um there was, we had bad luck where about like 25 minutes after we stopped recording, uh, Chris Woodward of the Rangers was fired. Um, you know, manager of the Rangers was fired, uh, by Texas. And that was a real domino effect as Rangers pretty much cleaned house. I know their president of baseball operations, John Daniels was, uh, yeah, I saw that. (laughs) I saw that (laughs) lightning. I know their, uh, their president of baseball operations, John Daniels, was (laughs) fired. (laughs) And, um, this this episode might go into rain delay. I don't know. Um,
1: (laughs) I don't think I have time for that. Unfortunately, I got plans today.
0: Yeah. So, so John Daniels was fired. Chris Woodward was fired. Was John Daniels like serving as their GM yeah. He he, was... Well,
1: he had been there forever. He had been serving as the GM until Chris Young took over and then he became president of baseball ops. Uh, he had been there for like 15, 16 years. He was there for the world series years uh, in 2009 or 2010 and 2011. Um, I yeah. definitely didn't see this one coming, but I would just like to say this has all been ALS news, you know, with Artie Moreno, uh, with Julio, with John Daniels slash Chris Woodward. So unfortunately uh, at approximately 10.50 on Monday, uh the A's will officially announce their relocation to Las Vegas.
0: Yeah. We're sorry yeah. to
1: we are we are just going to tell you now.
0: Yes. Yes. We're and, delivering uh, news The Astros
1: cheating scandal part two will be coming out as well.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so um sorry to sorry to break the news too early, but we yeah. had to. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but yeah, the, the Rangers, um, yeah. Cleaned house. Uh, I remember when the Woodward news came out, Jeff passed re- referenced, uh, like their t- you know, part of, part of his article was like previewing his articles saying, talking about their uh, terrible record in one run games. And then I looked and it was, there were six and 24 in one run games, which is literally insane. That is um, insane. Uh, And, uh, that was at the time. Um, but what did you think about all this? What did you think about all this?
1: I mean, I think it makes sense to steer the franchise in a new direction. You know, it seems like a lot of the culture has changed in that front office ever since Chris Young got in there. You know, they, they signed two major free agents over the off season. They spent $500 million on just two players over, over a decade. And they signed John Gray. They get Cole Calhoun. You know, they're, they're making a statement that I think very few people saw coming. Obviously, it hasn't worked out for them record-wise this year, but you can see where the path is for the Rangers to become a pe- competitive team. And, you know, just with the new identity, I think comes having Chris Young going and getting his guys. And that just doesn't appear to be guys like Chris Woodward. And it appears like he maybe wants more control or maybe just the, the ownership likes what he's doing and wants it just a completely new oversight of things. But, um, you know, I think this is a necessary move for the Rangers managers, certainly, because, I mean, you referenced that record in one run games that can be pointed to, you know, bullpen management, lineup construction, you know, guys that just aren't getting it done. And uh, I think it makes a lot of sense.
0: Uh, Yeah, for sure. I- I'm trying to. um, One thing I want to look at. Oh, yeah. The Rangers don't have a bad uh farm system they have, no they the, don't uh, i'm looking Josh at young uh, yeah mlb mlb.com farm system rankings has them at sixth in major league baseball and
1: they just put out a new li- list too
0: yeah it, that's I mean, it makes as, sense that's,
1: jack Leiter, kumar rocker both in the same system
0: yeah which is hilarious as of two days ago yes so um so yeah i guess yeah i guess the whole thing of cleaning house wasn't it wasn't necessarily a thing of like this operation has failed and we need to restructure it's like well this we just it's more of a thing of like i think we have some good things upcoming and we need to get the right guys in place as opposed to like oh we you know this was this was horrible it's like, oh no! It's just we have we have things upcoming. We need we need new guys. We need my guys. That's what Christopher Young is saying.
1: Yeah, I mean, especially in a division like the American League West, where the Astros are going to be there. I mean, we all know that you know they're not going anywhere. I know that they do have one of the worst ranked farm systems right now, but I think there's still reason to believe they can continue to develop talent uh pretty consistently because you know you look at non-top prospects that have come up and made an impact for them guys like Framber Valdez, Luis Garcia, Jose Urkiti in the rotation. They've had, you know, Ryan Presley from the Twins come in and be a be an elite reliever. Um you know in the lineup like Chaz McCormick has been a solid defender and a decent bat overall. Um they're just gonna continue to do this. Um and the Mariners are obviously up and coming The Angels are unpredictable, but also very predictable at the same time. So who really knows there? You know, you gotta you gotta treat the Angels like a competitor, even though they might not be, um, because they have the talent to be such. They just are not. So yeah, it makes sense. The Rangers gotta have to have some sort of big response to, you know, a lot of the culture changes going on in the division, and these just appear to be the right moves. You know, you have guys that you can build your team around, like uh Corey Seeger and Marcus Simeon. Uh John Gray has kind of been an, maybe not an ace, but he's been the guy that they they signed uh, over the last couple of months. I know he did start out uh not doing so well, then he got hurt. But other than that, uh he's been a rock solid pitcher. He has a 349 FIP and a three eight three eight three ERA. Uh he is on the IL currently, but uh oh, when you look at uh let's see since June 1st uh a 299 ERA with a 324 fit. You know what? That's an ace. I'll say it. That is an ace. John Gray? Yeah. Yeah, that's
0: my uh that's my Rangers player to watch this year. So yes, sir. Fine. The, by the way, not bragging off subject. My 2022 players to watch looking much better than my 2021 players to watch. I had a terrible year of uh, players. I was going to gonna say I'm year.
1: not. I don't know how much of a humble flex that is if your 2021 players to watch were abysmal.
0: Yeah, I would say my 2021 players to watch was like the 2021 Diamondbacks, and now the 2022 mm-hmm. ones are like the 2022 Diamondbacks. They're, I have they're to check not, if I still have
1: access to mine.
0: They're not. They're not uh, at the uh, bottom of the bottom of the barrel anymore yeah You're like I have, to, of I have to check average. in
1: on mine again i don't even remember who i had for a lot of teams i know that some of my guys have definitely worked out um mm-hmm. one of which is a candidate for how about that neither of us ended up using him don't yeah. ask how we know that but uh yeah
0: yeah yeah um but anyway, don't worry about it so the rangers so they fired chris woodward uh, it was mentioned uh by jeff pass and they had a wretched wretched uh record in one run games. And as it stands right now, the Rangers are nine and 26 in one run games. That's crazy. Uh, you know, sometimes it's used as a measure of luck. Sometimes it's used as a, as an evaluation of your manager because of how you, um, how you manage in critical games and how one decision can, uh, decide that game by one run. Um, Mm -hmm. but if the Rangers simply went 17 and 18 in those games, you know, average result. Um, they would be sixty-five and fifty-nine, and two and a half games out of the wild card. Um, and that's wow. just if they had average one-run game numbers. Yeah, if they, they would were, still be
1: below five hundred. Like, what if they had the twenty twenty-one Mariners effect? They'd be like the four seed.
0: Yeah, yeah. If they if they were twenty and uh, yeah, if they were twenty and. Fifteen in those games, they'd be in a playoff spot. That's it. Yeah, um, I know
1: that does sound super lame. It's like, oh, if they won all these games that they lost, they'd be a better team. But they're all winnable games. By yeah, all they're one-run games. Yeah.
0: Um. So I think I think uh, Rangers upper management sees that, and it's like, all right, the the future is closer than we think. We have the six best farm system in baseball. We have Corey Seager uh, playing like a very, very good player. John Gray is working out. Marcus Simeon has recovered from a very bad start. Um, and the pieces, the the things are aligning. We have this extra playoff spot that that was just implemented this year. The future is coming in a little bit closer than uh, initially thought. So I think I think um, I think the Rangers are just like, all right, time to time to commit here
1: yeah absolutely and you know what good for them because it's been what 2016 since they've been to the playoffs uh yeah probably since they've even had a winning season uh, right. it's, it's time yeah it's time for texas to come back for sure because they have such a fun playoff atmosphere i can't even lie
0: yeah um yeah it's a it's a it's a fun time over there and i mean like arlington is a baseball town and you know mm-hmm. when they're when they're in the playoffs, it's it's pretty well known. By the way, um,
1: um, Matt Moore is on the Rangers, and he's been my twenty twenty one Phillies player to watch with the Rangers. <laughs> he has he's I'm not kidding. He's pitched fifty eight innings, has a two oh two ERA and a three oh seven FIP. Wow! Wow! I I win retroactively.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's like when I picked. Uh, Bryce Harper is my 2020 NL MVP. <laughs> like, it's going to yeah. be
1: like when, uh, when Juan Soto wins 2023 NL MVP and I had him as my 2020, 2021,
0: 2022 and
1: 2023 NL MVP. Yeah. <laughs> like I did. I won four times. I'm still good at this. I've predicted four American or national league MVPs.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. All, yeah. He just needed to get out of Philly was the, was the thing. For sure, Um, yeah. So, so anyway, yeah. Um. So yeah, Rangers. Um. Made some made some changes for sure. Um. That's. Uh. Yeah, should be interesting. And by the way, random, but Marcus Simeon in his last eighty one games is an eight twenty OPS. So yeah, along along with pretty good defense, very good base running also. Um. So you know he's been kind of what they signed up for the past three months um i'm
1: also i'm also very intrigued with dane dunning um like i want to like i want to go deeper into him at some point not right now this is very funny though uh he's a 419 era and a 419 FIP. nice and i bet he probably has close to a 419 x FIP because his home runs per night is 1.0 right Uh... Although he is quite Most. a ground ball pitcher, he is a he is a X xFIP and an, mm. and a four one eight expected ERA. Yeah,
0: yeah, I love yeah. that.
1: He is not going to regress or or a resurge. <laughs> He is he is exactly what he is. Yeah, yeah. But I do. But he is he has been a ground ball guy, especially as a blade. Like he's really transformed his ground ball rates over the last couple of months, I believe. Uh, over like the last. Month and a half or so, he has the highest ground ball rate among all starters. Like even Framber Valdez.
0: Wow, that's wild.
1: Yeah, if I could be wrong on out, that, but he's like, he's up there.
0: If you're beating out Framber Valdez in a ground ball competition, that is, yeah, it's like beating Mike. You Tyson might as well like prime. get the
1: Nobel Prize.
0: Yeah, <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, like you're, <laughs> you you got to be. Yeah, you got to be like a special agent of the of the US now if you're figu- if you're figuring <laughs> out how to get more ground balls in Framber Valdez. You it's know It's like that's
1: harder than outpizzaing the hut.
0: Yes, it's harder than outpeeing the hut. Um <laughs> I was trying to trying to find more slogans. Well, I mean, I let me let me just
1: like let me make sure I'm getting that right because I I need to check that. He's at least he's he's like definitely close at least. Because um, he has been very good over whatever period of time I'm thinking of here.
0: Old Dane Dunning ch- tangent. Yeah. Got to have it. We got to love it.
1: Yeah. He was traded for Lance Lynn, of course.
0: Yeah. He was my, he was my 2021 season. Rangers player to watch. <laughs> um, he's been okay.
1: A- he's not, he's not quite there, but he is the fourth highest ground ball rate since July 22nd. Nice. Um, uh, he is he is ten percent below Framber, so that is dead wrong. But he's only behind Framber, Logan Webb, and Ranger Suarez, so he's first among uh, American League right-handers.
0: Nice, 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 nice. Yeah,
1: since July twenty second.
0: Always a good sign because this average slugging percentage on ground balls is like three hundred. So yeah, getting ground uh, balls. Also,
1: since then he has a three fifty one ERA, a three eighty seven FIP. Uh, yeah, he's been nice. solid. Nice. Yeah. So. Dane Heck yeah. ding he, Dunning is my. Just kidding. He's he's just a guy.
0: He's just a guy. We're not. Maybe gonna, one day. We're not going to give him a how about that for his three five one ERA. Unfortunately, we won't <laughs> do that. Um. But anyway. Uh, Rangers are up and coming, a team that uh has been relevant for the past few years. Um, and is really making some separation in their division right now uh, is the St. Louis Cardinals um, kind of just uh, cementing themselves right as just the rightful owners of the NL central right now. I think they're what, yeah. five and a half, five what and a half up or six up on the Brewers. Um, they've it won 21 of way. their last 27 um, taken over over the past month. Uh, they've been pr- Pretty crazy. Uh, they have, so with them going uh, 21 and six over the last month, uh, they have the second best record in baseball in, in this span behind the Dodgers. They have six runs per game and three and a half runs allowed per game, um, which is a large difference. They're first in batting average with a 289, first in on base percentage with a 364, first in slugging with a 511, first in OPS with an 8.75 and first in weighted runs created plus with a 147 weighted runs created plus in their last 27 games.
1: Yeah, Um, there you go.
0: Yeah, the Cardinals have really taken over. What have you thought about their dominance?
1: Well, I mean, it certainly has set them apart in the the National League Central race. It feels like they've pulled away uh, pretty considerably. And I mean, I wouldn't say it's over yet, but I don't know. I just... I don't trust the Brewers offense, and I really never have since probably, like, maybe 2019 when Christian Yelich was Christian Yelich. Yeah. Uh, To be fair, he is having, like, his best year since 2019 currently, but it still is not even remotely close. Yeah, no, you
0: don't want – yeah. Yeah. It's not um,
1: I've mentioned uh, their offense has just been crazy. Obviously they've had the Pujols resurgence, but like if you look at some of the leaders in offense, it's just like all, almost all Cardinals. Like it's uh, Lars Neupar has been up there, obviously, you know, top tier name, of course, Paul de Young yeah. has been better. He was a, how about that of mine? Uh, it's just been universal. I mean, obviously Paul Goldschmidt is Paul Goldschmidt and Nolan Anato is the same, you know, they've been doing what they've been doing Uh. But it's been, you know, all across the board. You don't want to pitch to anyone in this lineup right now.
0: Yeah. And uh yeah, like a, a lot of a lot of the success has come from guys you'd expect to have that success. Uh Nolan Arenado in this 27 game span is hitting 316 uh, with a 188 weighted runs created plus. Paul Goldschmidt has a 212 weighted runs created plus. Lars Newport. Lars Newbar, as you mentioned, uh, 181, weighted runs created plus. uh, Albert Pujols, you know, it's been well-documented what he's been doing, but he is a 296 weighted runs created plus in 57 plate appearances in the Cardinals' last 57 games. Uh, Even Corey Dickerson, he's not getting that many plate appearances, but uh, he has has 47 plate appearances in the Cardinals' last – 27 games, and he has a 220 weighted runs created plus, um, which is uh, pretty wild to see. Yeah. Um, And then on the pitching side of things, the Cardinals are also fifth in FIP uh, in their last 27 games. And uh, Adam Wainwright has been doing very well with a 225 ERA and 252 FIP in 40 innings pitched in this span. Uh, Jordan Montgomery, it's been well-documented what his acquisition has meant to the Cardinals. Is he has a .35 ERA and 1.72 FIP since he was acquired. Um, and, uh, you know, Andre Pianti, you've talked Piant- about him. Pianti. Andre P- Pianti, yeah. you've mentioned him. He's a, kind of a hybrid starter slash reliever type guy. He's thrown 19 and a third in his pitch. Uh, and only allowed one earned run.
1: He might along. be a guy that's actually challenging for Amber in, in ground balls.
0: Yeah. Along with a one nine nine fit. Um, so yeah, like things are really clicking for the Cardinals. And last thing I'll say on them uh, for this point is, you know, the, the Cardinals are 21 and six in this span. The Brewers are 11 and 14. So yeah. the Cardinals have gained nine games on the brewers i think they were behind when this stretch uh initially started and now they're six up on uh on the brewers and i mean um it it would take it would take a lot for the brewers to take over right here
1: can we even think about like the possibility of jack flaherty returning
0: i just i don't know what what his his injuries have been it's just been
1: because i know that he is like rehabbing currently but like he just has not been healthy since the second half of 2019 where he was like the best pitcher of all time.
0: Yeah, it's been weird. Like if
1: you if you don't remember 20 2019 second half Jack Flaherty, uh let me just remind you real quick from July 7th through the end of the season, uh his ERA shrunk from 4.64 to 2.75, his his FIP shrunk from 4.74 to 3.46 that's a run and a half each and i'm waiting for baseball reference you know when you click on the the game logs in baseball reference and it loads yeah yep that's that's where i'm at right now um, i know he had a
0: 0.91 era i think 0.93 0.93 0.93
1: era over 106 and a third innings pitch yeah that's ridiculous a 232 fip obviously um that that is absurd <laughs> that is absolutely ridiculous
0: yeah it like it was historic i remember looking in like it was a certain like sp- like a split i think it was a split statistic but like only jake arietta had a better
1: yeah that makes sense because he was also uh ridiculous in the uh, second half of 15 yeah people people talk about zach Greinke getting robbed of that cy young and like i definitely see where they're coming from but it's like did you do you remember second half jake arietta though
0: yeah, it's, like, we were you there? It's something to behold. But anyway, the Cardinals, uh, the Cardinals also don't really, there's no reason for them to slow down because they have the third easiest strength of schedule remaining right now. Yes, Um. um also
1: worth noting, also worth noting, you know, this is just a classic Cardinals topic, but uh, they have eight outs above average as a team in the month of August. That is tied for, that is fourth in the majors behind only the Diamondbacks, Angels, and Rockies
0: yep um which you
1: know it's funny because they just traded harrison bader uh who was i I don't know i don't know if he was the face of their defense but he was the face of like being exclusively defense and they haven't missed a beat
0: yeah yeah they just they do great all around that's for Mm -hmm. sure helps out their pitching staff tremendously for sure um so yeah the uh yeah, Cardinal. So, so now I guess the question is like, so if they if they they'll probably end up getting this three seed, mm-hmm. um, they'll probably end they'll up face the six seed, which means they'll face the six seed. It'll probably it'll either likely be Padres or Phillies. Phillies. Um, I would
1: love a Phillies Cardinals rematch. Me too. Me too. That would be really sweet. Cardinals okay. Padres. I guess, like, like you know, that was a series a couple of years ago, but it was 2020 with no crowd, and it was a three-game set. And it was a good series by all accounts, but, like, I would love to see Cardinals-Phillies. Like, the last time the Phillies made the playoffs, they lost at the hands of the Cardinals. They were heavily favored, obviously. You know, they had the the rotation of what, like, Cliff Lee, Roy Halladay, uh, Cole Hamels, and, yeah. and I feel like I'm missing one. Walt. one. Roy Oswalt, yeah, that was it. Yeah, and of that was Kyle, like
0: of course Kyle Kendrick.
1: Yeah, Kyle Kendrick, obviously. <laughs> Who could forget?
0: Legend. Um, but yeah, I, also what I love about a potential Cardinals Phillies matchup is I feel like it is a, it is very much opposite styles. Where, yes,
1: yes, I agree. I'm just thinking about the pitching staffs.
0: Yeah, like you've got absolute strikeout machines with zach wheeler and aaron nola um versus you know you got adam wainwright on the other side jose quintana miles michaelis Jordan montgomery like
1: none it would of be them. very funny to see like adam wainwright outdoor aaron nola uh who like it is like one of the best strikeout to walk pitchers in baseball versus just 40 year old.
0: yeah and then the other side of that is also like defense versus defense <laughs> um <laughs> The the level, I mean,
1: it's actually, it's just put the it's just put the ball in play versus please, so God, I'm begging you, put it over the wall. And nothing else will work.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, that is and, very true. Uh, yeah, very true. I mean, the lineups they're not that opposite. I mean, like Nolan Arenado and Paul Goldschmidt provide plenty of power for the mm-hmm. for the Cardinals, but like the the Phillies are a very powerful offense. Um, I okay. feel like I feel like the Cardinals have more contact guys in general if i'm thinking like i'm thinking of like tommy edmond and but i don't know maybe maybe that's not as big of a point but like the pitching stabs and the defenses are very much opposite um and uh i think that would be a very fun matchup to see
1: i agree like for entertainment purposes yeah uh yeah so (laughs) anyway and that would probably likely give us a a braves padres Series as well, which I think would be fun.
0: Yeah, lots of star power there, mm-hmm. uh, which would be fun. It is. Yeah, I, I am realizing just now, like it's pretty funny that a, a wild card team is going to be hosting. um
1: You know, it would be very funny if we got Soto versus Acuna in Padres Braves.
0: Um. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That would be 18 electric. Rookie of the Year battle.
1: 2018 Rookie of the Year, but also we were hoping for it in 2019 and. Because the Braves gave up 10 runs in the first inning.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's true. We never got
1: it, but it would be very funny in all the time of anticipating we just get in the playoffs with Soto and the Padres. Right,
0: right. (laughs) Yeah. Um I'm I'm trying to see what the Phillies are at defensively this year. So there's their third worst and outs above above average. I just remember they're also um,
1: third worst in August.
0: Okay. All right. So I, I just remember um, Mark Simon had a tweet that said that um, since Rob Thompson took over, you know, the man, the Phillies new interim manager that they had a positive defensive run saved, which I mean, I don't know. I Maybe it would have made sense, but I think outs above average is telling us something different. So, I mean, yeah, it would still, the narrative stands, the Cardinals and Phillies defense. Is well, they
1: did. Opposite. Um, so in, in July, the Phillies did have five outs above average as a team. Okay. Um, It has gone down pretty drastically in August. Uh, where was it in June? It was zero. And that's probably And that's probably when Rob Thompson took over. So, I mean, like they haven't been – they've been like probably at worst, like a little bit below league average since Rob Thompson took over according to outs above average, which is pretty good by Philly standards.
0: Yeah, right. I mean, um Oh, not even uh, it's not even Bryson Stott who's bringing it up. <laughs> He's 43rd percentile. Um I, Yeah, uh, might, to be
1: fair, that might still be bringing it up.
0: Well, true. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's an it's not a loss, so that's a game <laughs> for the Phillies. He might he
1: might lead the team still.
0: Yeah. Um
1: Maybe JJ Remuto is better. That's probably that's probably what it is.
0: Oh yeah, oh, well yeah, for sure. But I don't even know if catchers account for outs above average. Um, I just know Maybe. that they have the the framing numbers. What was the Phillies' outs above average in May? Let's Take a look. Um,
1: Probably bad. That would be my yeah. Phillies my had got reaction guess. A lot of this happened in May. Oh wow! The Phillies, oh my goodness! The Minus twenty one. Worst. Out above oh average
0: in all of May, and it was negative 21. <laughs> um, I think that was when all the chaotic stuff was happening like all those highlights that were like the clown music is put over it, like those yeah. weird no, just... that's
1: that is what it is. Uh, yeah. April, I'm assuming, was probably not that much different, but probably not as severe.
0: Um I saw it was negative four, I think. Yeah. Yeah. it not that bad.
1: About expected.
0: Yeah. Anyway, so, that's the Cardinals. That's the Cardinals. They might face the Phillies. So if that happens, it's gonna be that be Kind of funny to watch.
1: That would be great. Yeah. I'm I'm rooting for it. I'm rooting for Dodgers, Mets, Cardinals, Braves, Padres, Phillies in the NL. That's that's what you want. Sorry, Brewers.
0: Yeah, you know brewers brewers have obviously you have cool pitching but
1: like you have there's nothing on that offense that scares me as a as a pitcher brewers have had
0: their time of playoff dominance i mean they've they've been there for four straight years that's and everyone right. everyone knows the Brewer, the everyone's tired of the brewers you know exactly like, that's what all i'm seeing Yeah, i want to like see the too,
1: cardinals that have made it every year since 2018. 217. too much brewers they've made it yeah.
0: four years in a row it's like the it's like it's like the fifties Yankees over here. It's just, <laughs> they're too much. They're in the playoffs too much, too much. You know,
1: and they had such, you know, cr- they cruised into it in 19. They cruised it into it in 20 as well. 21. Yeah. Of course you win the division. Yeah. But I mean, like you think of all those teams too, it's like the 20 team, like that team could have gotten it done and they just didn't the 19 team. They could have gotten it done and they just didn't.
0: Yeah. I- I'm just and tired of all, all the national sarcastic. attention. I'm tired of all the national attention the Brewers garner like they don't deserve this like I like I don't need to see I don't need to see Corbin Burns on my screen every every day on ESPN like you know it's just I'm I'm tired of it I'm tired of he's already given up more home
1: runs this season than he did last year why am I supposed to believe he's good.
0: Yeah, exactly. Like, um, it's, if it's if the twenty
1: twenty Brewers lost thirty one games and couldn't win a World Series, I don't know what to tell you.
0: Yeah, dude. I mean, I'm I'm tired of it. Like, they're they're just like, yeah, they're. I'm t- I'm tired of the Brewers, and yeah, we need they, to move on from them.
1: They need to invest in a big bad. I know they are. They already did with the Elgin, and it hasn't worked out. But they need to do it again. I'm sorry if you want to win a World Series. That's what you got to do because you have the pitching and you have the bullpen to get it done, even without Josh Hader. Also, the vibes have just definitely gone down since they traded Hader, even though he hasn't been good.
0: Uh, yeah, like and yeah, Taylor like Rogers it took a week,
1: a... it took like a week or two to for the Padres being like, Yeah, you're not our closer anymore. Sorry,
0: <laughs> yeah. The, the and then on the flip side, I think Taylor Rogers is a 5'63 ERA with uh, yeah, with
1: Milwaukee. Yeah, Devin Williams is their closer now. Which makes sense because he's been very good this year. Like one of the yeah. best relievers in the league.
0: Yeah, he's been good his whole career for sure. Mm-hmm. Um
1: so yeah, I guess that uh I guess
0: that'll lead into players to highlight. Um Yes. So yeah. For our um so yeah, we'll do our Friday, August twenty-sixth,
1: twenty twenty-two edition of what do you have for us today so uh my my player my how about that was uh someone that we briefly mentioned on last show that deserves more than just a brief mention i'm talking about trace thompson Uh, i am two months removed from seeing him play for the lehigh valley mudhens in uh or no sorry the toledo mudhens in worcester massachusetts as a media member and since then he has been acquired to the from by the Dodgers for cash considerations and since July 1st is slashing 323 429 646 for a 1075 OPS and a 198 weighted runs created plus Uh, despite being 60 plate appearances below the qualifier he ranks 17th in position player for among all hitters with 70 PAs his weighted runs created plus is fourth in that stretch at 198 like I mentioned during this span his average exit velocity of 95.1 miles an hour trails only Joey Gallo and Aaron Judge among the 357 players with at least 25 batted balls. He's averaging a hard hit ball for every batted ball that he has over this span. Uh, On that same list of 357 his line drive rate of 37.5% ranks sixth and he has also been excellent against sinkers this year. Uh, Among the 353 hitters with at least 25 plate appearances that ended on sinkers, Thompson's 783 slugging ranks fourth, his 536 Woba ranks third, his 380 expected batting average ranks sixth, his 705 expected slugging ranks ninth, and his 512 expected weighted on base average ranks fifth. Uh, during the span, 50% of his ground balls have gone to the pole side, which is good for him because his 650 batting average on batted balls to the pole side ranks second on the aforementioned list of 357, and his 1,200 slugging percentage ranks 10th. Uh, the Dodgers have obviously been otherworldly during this stretch, and naturally, Trace Thompson is to thank for it, like we all expected.
0: Yeah, Trace Thompson.
1: How about that?
0: Yeah it's not it's not Mookie Betts that's driving the way it's not Freddie Freeman it's not Will Smith it's not Trace it is Turner. kind of Freddie Freeman
1: not... but it's also Trace Thompson no
0: nope, no it's all Trace no Thompson. no
1: sorry the fact that Freddie Freeman has uh five and a half f4 this year
0: you don't have a 1000 OPS since July 1st I <laughs> heard at least a 1075 you don't so yeah get out of here what if he um, does
1: that'd be really awkward
0: um that would be pretty awkward. Let me old let me check exposed.
1: Whole tick exposed um, from two seconds ago. The world record, old tick exposed.
0: I'm speedrunning. Uh,
1: yeah, you know what, Freddie Freeman? Get you and your 339 409 492 900 since July 21st. Out of there. You're not you aren't providing enough for this team.
0: Yeah, get out of here. Um <laughs> yeah. Um, my that's a, yeah, that's our second Dodger of the year. So yeah, that's pretty nice. So we have uh insurance there. Um, my player to watch, um, is from a team I've realized just like maybe the most in like maybe the least relevant team of the year, which isn't a bad thing, but it's like they've just made the least amount of headlines. There are like been five
1: guys about. I'm thinking of right now, and they're all on the same team.
0: Yeah, well, like. I like there's just this team that we just haven't talked about all year and it's the Diamondbacks
1: yes it is it is the Diamondbacks you're absolutely right
0: yeah like like uh they're not they're not awful but they're not they've never been in the playoff race but like they're doing better than last year so it's not like a thing of like oh you know they need to clean house it's like I don't know they're just there they're just a team that's existed but They've had one guy that's kind of stuck out all year for different reasons and um, over the last 17 games particularly. And shout out to you. You actually kind of uh, pointed me out to his like bad Babbitt luck um, like a couple months ago. Under
1: under 200 for a while.
0: Yeah. Shout out to me uh, for knowing
1: exactly who you're talking about.
0: I I haven't even named him. Yeah.
1: You know, it's crazy that this first baseman that used to be for the Orioles, that used to be on the Orioles that is now on the Diamondbacks and has uh, very good outs above average for a first baseman, especially uh, has been doing well over 17 games.
0: Yeah. uh, I'm talking about Christian Walker. Yeah, you are. Um, Yeah. yeah, Shout out to you for pointing out his bad Babbitt block. And actually um, it's a free league, so it doesn't matter, but I picked him up in uh, ESPN fantasy, Mm -hmm. uh, fantasy baseball, a couple like maybe six, eight weeks ago, and it's been working out. So, yeah, it's pretty nice. Uh, yeah. In his last 17 games, Christian Walker is hitting 377 with an 1149 OPS and a 210 weighted runs created plus. Out of 183 qualifiers in this span, his average ranks sixth, on base percentage ranks sixth, slugging percentage ranks third, and OPS ranks third. And out of 58 hitters with 50 plus batted balls in this span, His expected WOBA ranks second. His strikeout rate has gone from 20% before the span to 14% in the span. And his average exit velocity has gone from 89.7 miles per hour to 91.7 miles per hour. So a couple mile per hour increase. Uh, His barrel rate in the span is 15.1%, which ranks tied for third out of 58 and I don't know. I, I remember this being a tweet. So I'm not taking full credit for this stat, but you know, it, it still remains true. I don't know if like you sent it out or someone else sent it out, but he's the only player in baseball with a barrel rate outs above average and chase rate in the 85 85th percentile or higher. So it's a very unique set of skills that Christian Walker has, especially um, for a first baseman. For a first baseman, like Barrel rate, you're hitting the ball. You're hitting a lot of hard fly balls that likely end up in homers. I think I don't I know, what, I don't know it, not a chase field. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think I looked up randomly one, one day, I think 55% of barrels land as home runs. So a lot of, a lot of barrels are home runs. Then you have outs of average. He's doing it on defense and then chase rate. We're like, you know, a lot of guys who have a high barrel rate are, um, probably guys that strike out a little more, but Christian Walker is not swinging at a lot of pitches out of the zone. Um, he's been a very unique player, uh, and um, you know, ma- making <laughs> making uh, the Diamondbacks you know not
1: awful this year.
0: So Christian Walker. <laughs> How
1: about that? Uh, by the way, the Diamondbacks defense this year like been very cardinal esque
0: Yeah, I think yeah, over got, the, uh, the over
1: the last month or so, they have like. Uh, above average, uh, like wins above replacement for their position players, but they also have like a ninety-two weighted ones created plus. Hmm. Because the defense yeah. has just been that good.
0: Yeah. Interesting. Um. Yeah. Like they got Walker Marte. Um. Who else? Yeah. Exactly. Marte, not very relevant.
1: Uh, Zach Allen.
0: Yeah. Uh, well, one,
1: one person that I almost put for this was Jake McCarthy
0: um right right
1: what have you never heard of jake mccarthy before yeah i i, I had either before recently <laughs> um but he had been doing well over his last like whatever games um yeah uh, that'll since happen. august 9th he has a 929 ops
0: nice um so now we'll go from the players uh now we'll go from the highs to lows of players or subjects that have been underperforming there are Friday, August
1: 26, 2022 edition of Slightly Alarming. Uh, who do you have for us today? My Slightly Alarming was actually mentioned earlier in the show. I don't have too much on him, but I think a lot of this speaks for himself. Uh, I'm talking about Ronald Acuna Jr. Uh, he mm-hmm. has not been... Bad by any means, especially you know, considering most of the people that we put on this segment. But since June 13th, that's two and a half months, he's slashing 253, 342, 345 for a 687 OPS. He has four home runs over his last 59 games played. That yeah is not that's not Ronald acuna That's not the guy that we've known him to be uh ever since he became a professional baseball player with the Braves, not even a major leaguer. Uh, he's never had an ISO below 250, 230 in his career and this year it's down to 135. it's almost 100 points below his previous low and that was in 20 I think 19. uh his 188 point drop in slugging percentage between 2021 to 2022 ranks sixth worst among the 169 qualified hitters uh his ground ball rate, has gone from 31.2% to 49% this year, the highest increase on that same list. No one has had a higher percentage of ground balls from this season to last uh, than Ronald Acuna Jr. Uh, during the span, 57% of his batted balls have been ground balls or pop-ups, which means it just goes straight up. That is the 11th highest rate among the 118 hitters with at least 150 batted balls. I uh, you know, And his strikeout and walk rates are relatively the same as what they've been in his career. His walk rate's maybe like 1% or 2% down. But, you know, he's still Ronald Acuna Jr. He just isn't not making the right contact this year.
0: Ronald Acuna Jr.
1: Slightly alarming.
0: Really says something about the Braves when, like, Ronald Acuna Jr. is having a down year. Freddie Freeman's gone. And... You could, we wouldn't even be able to tell by the record.
1: Nope. Acuna um, was also out a month.
0: Yeah, he was out a month. It's uh, yeah, pretty.
1: Yeah, they've just casually had Vaughn Grissom come in at shortstop and be like, "Hey, I'm gonna put up 200 weighted runs created plus in my first 20 games." By the way.
0: Yeah, 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 and then... they've had
1: Michael Harris and Spencer Strider come in, obviously.
0: Yeah, Spencer Strider's just like, yeah, I'm gonna be like. The best strikeout rate guy in all of baseball. Yeah. <laughs> I'll just be that guy.
1: If you want. Um,
0: so my slightly alarming is another guy we also mentioned previously in the show. Um, and uh maybe his struggles are a little more pronounced and well out there, but I figured I'd highlight him I'm talking about Josh Hader. Um I mean, it's been it's been so bad. Uh, in his last 16 appearances, he has a 13.50 ERA and an 8.49 FIP. Uh, he's allowed six home runs and 12 and a third innings pitched. Uh, and out of 225 relievers with 11 plus innings in the span, his ERA, FIP, and home runs per nine are all the worst. Uh, out of 448 pitchers with 25 plus batted balls allowed in the span. His expected WOBA against is fifth worst and his expected slugging against is fourth worst out of 448. Um, This is kind of a weird stat, but I mean, there is a big decrease. His strikeout rate went from 44% before the span to 32% in this span, which, you know, 32% still strikeout is still elite. But like the fact that there's a 12% drop is like, maybe there's something going on here,
1: especially within the same season.
0: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, His walk rate has gone from 8% to 13%, not great. And uh, his barrel rate has gone from 8.7% to 22.2%. And out of the 448 pitchers with 25 plus batted balls against in the span, his barrel rate is the highest. Um, So just a breakdown of how bad things have turned for Josh Hader over the past eight weeks or so um yeah it's uh it's been very very surprising considering how you know he probably he probably was the best reliever in all of baseball from like 2018 to 2021 um and uh that's change and and, i mean he had a one he had a 105 era through july 3rd i was gonna say he was still
1: an all-star right
0: yes he had a 105 ERA and a 172 FIP through July 3rd. And now he's a 517 ERA and a 396 FIP. Uh so I don't know. Maybe it's a maybe it's a a rare blow up um over you know eight weeks, or maybe but it's, it's a, a side of things. Kind of, it's the it's an amazing blow up. So Josh yeah. Hader. Slightly alarming. Um, so yeah. Uh, that's it for players to highlight. Now we'll get into a, um, preview of the weekend ahead, uh, where I'm going to be highlighting series to watch. Daniel will be highlighting the day by day pitching matchups and for series to watch. I will say, um, there's three in particular, uh, you got Astros Orioles. Um, that's at minute Maid park. Orioles have a big test it's uh, it's
1: still so funny anytime you go over series to watch and the Orioles are in there
0: I mean there's they're they're a team but like they to are watch.
1: no like they absolutely are like they deserve to be there it's just so funny because I was not it's very funny
0: because it, it was it was around like mid-july where I made the turn where like I'm gonna start mentioning Orioles series because <laughs> anytime before that I'd look at series to watch and it, it would it would be like you know it Three months ago, Astros, Orioles, it's like, that's not interesting. Astros are going to roll all over, roll over, roll all over them. Um, But yeah, not the case anymore. But yeah, the Astros versus Orioles. Orioles are two and a half out of a wild card spot. They had a crazy good win last night where they were down the last out. Kyle Stowers hit a a solo home run. Did you see what happened before that? Yes, I did. Adam Angle dropped a a ball in foul territory. So, I mean, really, if, if, if a, if a season could be defined in one game for both the white Sox and the Orioles, Mm -hmm. uh, that's kind of it. (laughs) That's kind of it there. Um, And then, you know, Felix Batista goes two innings, not allowing the the runner from second to come in and the the Orioles walked it off. So um, staying in that playoff hunt, being one of the most entertaining teams in baseball right now, they're, Going to have a three-game set against the Astros. That's a big test. Um, then uh, another series to watch is Mariners Guardians. Um, similar records. Guardians uh, at the top of the AL Central by four games right now, which is um, pretty crazy to think about. And the Mariners have a spot in uh, have a secure spot in the wild card race right now. So um, and a great pitching matchup tonight too. And then I think the series to watch is Cardinals Braves at Bush stadium, uh, three game set.
1: Well, it's the Sunday night series. So of course.
0: Yeah. I mean, this is actually a thing where the Sunday night baseball, like the Sunday night baseball teams are actually a fun game to watch. That's true. Um, so, you know, Cardinals Braves, uh, that's going to be a great series to watch.
1: So looking at a day by day matchup starting tonight on Friday, um, you have Tyler Anderson going for the Dodgers against the Marlins uh, at Lone Depot Park. You have Cade Cavalli making his major league debut for the Washington Nationals, one of the top prospects uh, in baseball. Uh, the top Nationals pitching prospects, pretty much the only good prospect they had pre-Soto trade. Uh, so that's going to be exciting. should definitely check that one out tonight. They, he will be facing the Reds. Um, Reed Detmers will be facing for the Angels against the Blue Jays. They'll be facing Mitch White uh Chris Bassett will be facing the Rockies for the Mets he's been excellent lately uh Michael Walker will be facing the Rays for the Red Sox at Fenway he's been big lately I saw him make a really good start against the the Orioles on Saturday last week you yeah. we will have Lance McCullers Jr. pitching for the Astros against Kyle Bradish and the Orioles uh, at Minute Maid of course like Chris just mentioned Alex Wood and Joe Ryan will be facing each other in Giants Twins in Minnesota. Johnny Cueto will be facing the Diamondbacks for the White Sox. He's been awesome this year. Uh, Very out of nowhere for him, for sure. Yeah, Uh, Spencer Strider and Jose Quintana will be facing each other in Cardinals Braves. Uh, Garrett Cole and J.P. Sears, a former Yankee, will be facing each other in Yankees A's. Of course, that's. I, I think the A's are avoiding Montas, so which is very unfortunate this series. Uh, and then you have Shane Bieber and Logan Gilbert facing each other tonight. And matchup of the night comes from Cubs Brewers in Milwaukee. It's going to be Justin Steele versus Freddie Peralta.
0: Um. Yeah, that's uh, a. a good matchup. Matchup of the night for uh, tonight. Yes. Um. You didn't go Gilbert Bieber.
1: I I went with Steele Peralta. Gilbert has been yeah. struggling over his last few starts, so that's that's why. Um,
0: yeah, I did see his, his ERA is a little higher than I remember it being.
1: So on, on Saturday, I looked at the very first matchup and stopped looking at matchups because I had already found matchup of the night, so I'm going to be looking at most of these for the first time. Um, Kyle Gibson will be facing the uh, Pirates for the Phillies at Citizens Bank Park. Ooh, that's a good matchup too. I'm still going to go with the other one. Dustin May and Sandy Alcantara will be facing each other in Dodgers Marlins. You will have uh, Eduardo Rodriguez facing the Rangers for the Tigers uh, on Saturday. Uh, Dean Creamer and Jose Urquidy will be facing each other in Orioles and Astros. You will have Merrill Kelly facing the White Sox for the Diamondbacks. He's had an excellent year. Drew Smiley and Brandon Woodruff uh, will be facing each other in Cubs-Brewers. I know on paper that sounds like a wash, but Drew Smiley has been excellent lately. Uh, Alex Cobb versus Sonny Gray in uh giants twins that's gotta be like a 2016 classic maybe not 2014 but uh yeah older pitchers charlie morton versus jordan montgomery in braves cardinals uh zach polizak versus luis castillo in guardians mariners The matchup of the afternoon comes from angels blue jays in toronto you got shohei otani facing alec manoa nice nice yeah between that and may and alcantara I, i think that's Slightly the right move. Right, right. So on Sunday, you have Corey Kluber facing Nick Pavetta in Red Sox Rays at Fenway. You have, um, not a lot, I mean, Ross Tripling facing the uh, Angels for the Blue Jays in Toronto. Herman Marquez versus Max Serger in Rockies Mets at City Fields. Uh, Justin Verlander will be facing the Orioles in Houston. Of course, he's on a Cy Young campaign at age 39. Dylan Cease will be facing the Diamondbacks for the White Sox. Adrian Sampson and Eric Lauer will be facing each other in Cubs Brewers. Clark Schmidt will be facing the uh, A's for the Yankees after the um, injury to Nestor Cortez sent him down. Aaron Savalli and Robbie Ray will be facing each other in Guardians Mariners. Jacob Derizzi and Adam Wainwright will be facing each other on Sunday Night Baseball in Braves Cardinals. And match of the day this time does come from Dodgers Marlins. It is Julio Arias versus Edward Cabrera. Nice. Uh, Edward Cabrera is becoming must-watch TV. He hasn't allowed a run in his last 22 and two-thirds innings pitched. Uh, Julio Arias, of course, is one of the better pitchers. Cabrera throws a 95-mile-an-hour changeup like it's nothing. And uh, you're going to want to yeah. watch that one for sure.
0: Yeah. Arias, I'm pretty sure over his last like eight or nine starts as an ERA under two.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, yeah. Cabrera's got crazy stuff. Um, even if it doesn't do, do well, just stay for the stuff. Yes. Yeah. What we're saying. Um, yeah. And that should do it for this installment of Above Replacement Radio. We hope you enjoyed this one. Uh, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and want to watch the conversation as it happens, Go to the YouTube channel and subscribe to the YouTube channel. It is called Above Replacement Radio. Um, if you want to follow us on social media, follow me on Twitter at Chris underscore Gianta and follow Daniel on both Twitter and Instagram at Daniel underscore Curren and follow the show on Instagram at Above Replacement Radio for all the show needs. We hope you enjoyed this one and we will hope to see you on uh, probably Monday or Tuesday where we will be talking. This conversation. This conversation is over
1: is over.